Hi, nonprofiteers. Welcome to Nonprofit Biz Talk with your host, Tracy B. Allen, nonprofit strategist. Nonprofit Biz Talk is about giving you the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts to manage, build, and grow a nonprofit organization that will positively impact the community you serve. Okay. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Biz Talk. Today, we have with us the Home Attacks Biz Lady, Lysandra Effort. Lysandra, introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, everyone. Again, my, yes, my name is Lysandra Everett. I am the Home Biz Tax Lady, where I help home business owners win the tax game. We're trying to stay out of jail, y'all. Uh, <laughs> that's always a good thing. Orange is not the new black. I don't care what the show says. Um, but I really focus on uh, an education piece where I really help home business owners understand what they need to know to substantiate all of their expenses, claim what they, you know, what they can legally claim and really legally reduce and minimize that tax liability. That's what I do. Okay, great. And I like the fact that you kept stressing legal. Yes. Legal. legal. <laughs> we don't, we don't do We're not doing anything shady. <laughs> legal. And I caught your live this morning where you, you talked, you were giving a case study of a guy who got audited and you were saying that, you know, when we sign our taxes, no matter who does it, we sign on that line saying that, you know, under penalty of perjury, we are substantiating that what we have given the IRS is the right information. And yeah. if we fail to do that, then we're liable and not the person who prepared our taxes. Yes. So I like that. Perjury <laughs> is a felony, just in case. Exactly. And none of us are trying to go to jail, at least not me. Yeah. I'm afraid of tight spaces. So claustrophobia and I are not friends. And that little eight by eight cell? No, no, thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, you know what though? But even starting with that, that is like we like how many how many years have you signed your tax return, whether electronically or physically, and didn't really read that fine print? I and think most people do. Yes, and, I, I, and I'm a tax professional, and I did it too. And when I became a tax professional, I read that. I was like, shut up. Like, <laughs> I'm glad I took yep. the time to read. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's just one of those things that you just don't pay attention to. You just sign it and keep going. But that really is what that statement says. And they 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 hold tight to that statement. Yes, I know. So today, Lissandra is going to come clear up some myths and keep us legal when it comes to the nonprofit realm and people donating to nonprofits and what they think they can do, what they can't do. And what they should and shouldn't do. And then also, there's another misnomer that a lot of nonprofit um, leaders think that they can hire consultants as, such as myself. And we, as consultants, can just write off what they don't want to pay us on our taxes. So, Lysandra, take mm. it away. <laughs> oh, I, had to, I had to hold myself for a minute there. All right. So, let's get to this donating of time. Okay? Because that's really what we're talking about. Yes. And I have... Um, several clients who do partner with nonprofit organizations to help, um, you know, build community and whether it's in the arts realm or community activism and all of that. And the one question I get is, 
how much time can I write off? And the answer to that question is zero, right? Yep. So what can you write off if you, if you donate materials? So let's say that, you know, if I buy a computer and donate that to the nonprofit organization, if I'm helping them with, you know, some social media or something, and I donate that computer, I can write off the amount of that computer. Okay, I can also write off the mileage that I drive back and forth to that organization. And it's, it's been 14 cents a mile since I don't know how long. Okay, mm -hmm. um, but you also have to document that. But if I'm a social media manager by profession and I would charge someone $5,000 for the work that I do for you, that $5,000 is not tax deductible. That is just my time that I have spent with you and it, it's I think gone. You need to repeat that part again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you would, and, and I also had this with, um, you know, with churches, right. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, churches are, are getting more into the social media realm now. And I have social media managers that attend church and their church is like, okay, well you can donate your time. Like, no, uh, excuse me. No time is not a donation you can send them an invoice and they can pay that invoice and they can deduct that as an expense but you giving your time that is not a tax deductible donation for that social media manager consultant or whatever new no. that no it is not mm -hmm. so uh yeah please don't do that <laughs> Just, because we get asked that question i hear a lot of nonprofit consultants talk um you know quarrel about that all the time where you know, leaders come to us and it's kind of insulting thinking that we're going to work for them for free and then we're going to wait a year to write it off on our taxes. That alone sounds absurd, but it, you can't do it because it's not legal. Either. Yeah. Yeah. It's not legal and you still got to eat. Um, exactly. Because... I can't go to the bank on the promise of payment from you or the IRS. I need to be paid for services rendered. Right. So. Exactly. And so, so yeah, so you can, so you can donate any materials. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I have a, I have a client who is um, a landscape designer mm -hmm. and she helps uh, this, this new art something or other, uh, you know, landscape and their land conservationists, everything, all that's great. And, you know, like, listen, you can only um, write off the materials that you spent. And the mileage. Did she know this upfront? No. Was she under the misconception that uh, she, she could was write under off her? That, yep, she was under that that misconception that she could write off her time. And I mean, I got a text at eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning saying, "Hey, you know, I've done this. How much of this can I write off? Do it? Can I? You know, I need to book a consult. I was like, "Baby, save your consult because you can't write that off." And she was like, "Oh, what? Yeah." So. So yeah, just understand that, that no, your time is not a tax deductible expense, period, end of story. There is no- I know there are a lot of people that's going to listen to this and they're going to sink, literally sink in their seats because I know it's a huge misconception in the nonprofit industry that people think that they can come in, they can, like you said, do social media management, help out with their websites, you know, maybe do some bookkeeping. And at the end of the year, they're going to be able to say, okay, I did 80, 120 hours for this organization. And I can write off, I charge, say, maybe $100 an hour. I can multiply that up. And I have that as a deduction at the end of the year. 
and that's no, no, no. There's okay. no, there's, there's no way to loop it and swoop it and squeeze it in and all of that. It is specifically no. <laughs> you heard it now from the tax expert. No, yeah. you cannot do that. Please don't do it. The IRS will come and get you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and the thing about it is, is that people, you know, people are like, okay, well, and especially in the home business industry, the, the self-employed people that, that work for themselves from home, you know, we've got a lot of different industries and people say, you know, well, there's only one in so-and-so chance that you're going to get audited. Well, that's cute until you're that one. Yeah. 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 When you become that, when you become that one, when you hit that lotto, that ain't a lottery you trying to win, okay? And so when and they will, they will come through and they will disallow those things, and then you will turn around and have to pay taxes on whatever that difference is. You don't, you will write a check. Wow, a fat okay. one. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what about people who want to donate monetary, um, monetarily to an organization? What should they know to look out for? And um, I guess, okay. yeah, time to look out for. Okay, so number one, you have to make sure that it is a qualified organization, meaning that, you know, I can't go and write a check to my neighbor just because they said they have an or have an organization and then that's going to be a tax deductible expense. Um, you have to, again, the organization part, because if I go give $300 to a nonprofit where that will be tax deductible, but I go give $300 to maybe a struggling neighbor, that is not tax deductible because it's not a qualified organization. Okay. So before you continue, let me clear something up for people who may be like, you know, buzzing right now. Like, what is she talking about? So in the nonprofit industry, we tend to umbrella certain terms, okay? Mm -hmm. But be very clear that there is a difference between a nonprofit organization and a 501c3 organization. They're two completely different entities. So a nonprofit is a state designation, just like an LLC or C4 or S4 for that type of stuff. And usually is not um, a tax exempt organization. To be a tax exempt organization, you have to be a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a determination letter from the IRS. And everybody, I don't need to say what the IRS is because we all know what the IRS is because we have to deal with them every year, right? <laughs> so, yes. So that is the difference. So when we're talking about qualified entity, we're usually talking about a 501c3 organization. I don't know if you want to touch on this too. There's um, an unincorporated nonprofit association so this is like when a disaster strikes. So your neighbor houses, your neighbor's house burns down and you as a, a community gather together and you collect funds to give to that neighbor to help them out. At that point in time, you're acting as an unincorporated nonprofit association for that period of time. But the law says that you cannot collect over $5,000 mm. or else you have to file taxes on it. Yeah. So, so, you know, so you do. And, and, you know, in the spirit, 
and you know in the spirit of giving and it's really sad okay like i have to say this it's really <laughs> sad that in the spirit of giving you got to go hold on yeah am i legal <laughs> right am i legal <laughs> You're like, listen, nope. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help a family eat. I'm trying to help a family put clothes in their backs and you really are trying to do the right thing. But unfortunately in this country, we got laws. So we have, to, and, and unfortunately, the other unfortunate thing is that because there are people that have abused these laws, that's why they're in place. It's not that, you know, Uncle Sam is, you know, that's the biggest thing, Uncle Sam trying to get money from everybody. No. It is that people have abused these laws, and so the public has cried, fix it. And so, you know, they have to put these laws in place. So it's not, um, you know, that the government is trying to have their hands and everything. But you know what? When, when the public cries out, that's what our government is supposed to do. They are supposed to respond. And so when it comes down to, you know, different IRS laws and things that what people have to understand is that the IRS is just doing their job. They are the enforcer. Congress is who come up with this stuff. And then the IRS has to write the language and enforce that. So, you know, that's their job. So when it comes down to the different types of organizations and even within the uh the 501 I always get that wrong three c3 three c y'all know which one it is um there are still even different levels of deductibility okay yes. and that organization they generally don't volunteer that information you have to be prudent to ask um mm-hmm. so that in the event that you do get audited over your you know and your charitable donations are included you have to know what is a 30% organization or a 50% organization. So there's a lot of things that really go into that. And especially with tax reform, you know, um, it's really got just um, charitable organizations as a whole that are like, what's going to happen to us? Yes. And so, um, so yeah, so, so the consumer themselves, the person that's donating, you have to know who you're donating to, what if there are limits or anything like that so that you can stay on the up and up. Okay. And so what questions should they ask an organization before donate, donating? What documents should, if you know, what documents should they ask for? And I always tell people, make sure you get your receipt. That receipt should have the organization's Ooh, name, their yes. tax ID number, their address, how much you donated. If you're donating goods, it should be itemized. You should not be lump sum like, I just donated this box and that's it. And, you know, and yeah. the organization is not the one that puts the dollar amount on it. You're the one who should do all of that. And you should leave if you're physically going into the site you should leave with that um, document in hand. Okay, so let me talk about this receipt mm-hmm. and the and the amount. This this is very good conversation. <laughs> All right, because girl, you just spoke some truth up in here. All right, <laughs> what had happened was you know, what what we run into as tax professionals is that. All right, so anything over five hundred dollars, you have to have a receipt. Okay, and there's actually a form, Form 8283, that has to be filled out. I think that's the form number. It's, the, the numbers are in there, okay? But there's a form that you have to fill out. And yes, your receipt 
should have that information, the name, address, phone number, and tax ID number. Okay, but what I really want to focus on is these amounts that folks be writing down. You sitting there like, look, <laughs> the amount of something uh -huh. that you donate, you know, if you're donating used goods, you're not donating what you paid for it. Okay, right. it is what is the value at that time, whether it is a um, like a thrift store value or something like that. So if you go and spend $300 on a coach purse and you use it for five years and then you donate that bad coach purse, it is not a $300 write-off. It is what is that worth now? And it might only be worth, yeah, it's depreciated. It might only worth be worth $25. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares that you pay $300 for it. Mm -hmm. It might be worth $25. Okay. <laughs> and so... So when you are writing down, you know, how much it is, it's what's the, what's the depreciated value now. Okay. And so with that in mind, people are like, okay, the next question is, well, I should just sell the stuff. Mm -hmm. okay. And so then you really, at that point, it's a gut check. And this is what I, you know, on, on the charitable giving side, like now it's a gut check because see, are you saying, okay, well, I'll sell it and donate the money or I'm going to sell it and just keep the money because it's not that much of a write-off. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so then, you know, so, so it, at that point, like I said, it's a personal gut check. Are you really trying to help this organization? You just trying or, to, your right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so, so sometimes it makes more sense to sell stuff yourself and donate the cash than uh -huh. to just than to donate the item itself. Okay. One of the big things we get is cars. Okay. It's like, you know, I donated this car and you know, how much am I of a write-off am I going to get for it? Well, right. the question you have to ask yourself is if you sell it yourself, how much can you get for it versus uh -huh. what the the basically the salvage value is. Okay. And so, you know, if it makes more sense for you to, you know, sometimes it makes more sense for you to sell the car and donate the cash than to donate for the car. You okay, got you. Right? Because they're mm -hmm. going to sell that car for whatever they can get for it. Exactly. And they're, they're going to have to sell it quick. <laughs> right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so that's the thing that you have to ask yourself when you're donating items, you know, to get the maximum benefit, it, would it be better to just donate the stuff or sell it and donate the cash? Okay. So that's like a personal thing that you have to go through yourself in order. Right. Basically, I think that you shouldn't try to donate anything unless you truly want to help the organization. Absolutely. Um, it, should it should never be about, uh, okay, what is going to be my tax write-off on this? Like, no, absolutely right. not. And so, and so, and with, and with the tax cuts and jobs act with tax reform, um, mm -hmm. it really has some organizations shaking in their boots because they're mm -hmm. saying, if you're not, if people aren't able to itemize in the same way that they were, then people are going to stop donating to us. And I right. said, well, you're going to really figure out who's really trying to help your organization and who is just trying who was to just looking for that tax write-off for the tax write-off. Yeah. The tax write-off should be something extra not the reason that you do something. Right. So um, like people are like, you know, how, how am I going to get this benefit? You know, 
and, and I mean, all kinds of things are like, okay, well, bundle your charitable giving, like to your church or whatever. So like my husband and I are tithers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some people believe in that. Some people don't. I'm just using it as an example. Right. And so what, um, so the planning thing is, is to bundle your tithes. And let's say if it takes you three years to get to the amount that would get that itemized deduction for you, then uh -huh. you save that up for three years and then donate it in one lump sum. Ah, okay. So, but I was like, but don't the church got bills to pay? <laughs> I'm just saying, I love right. walking into my church and we got drums and lights and chairs. Right, and stuff. Right. I, I didn't even know people were doing that. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So people, <laughs> so people are really looking at how can they bundle their donations if they can, you know, like I said, put it in some kind of fund. And mm -hmm. so when you reach that, that point where you'll get the benefit, then donate that lump sum. And is that subject to the amount of income that that person has? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. There are, there are limits to mm -hmm. uh, the amount that you conduct. It used to be 50% of your AGI. Now it's 60% of your adjusted gross income. That's what right. AGI is, your adjusted gross mm -hmm. income. However, let's say you donate over that amount, then you can carry it forward to the next year. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I didn't you even know people were out here doing that type of stuff. Like, wow, oh, people try to find every loophole that there is when they're doing their taxes and do giving donations like donations should come like like we just said from the heart because you want to help the community you want to help this particular organization you have a connection with the organization not how can i get some extra money on my taxes like that's yes. crazy to me wow yes. <laughs> that's a lot of thought process <laughs> it, it, believe me it is you know um <laughs> You know, and they're kind of like, how, you know, how can I make this work? Like, okay, well, try this and see how that work out for you. Right. Like, I don't have, I don't have that kind of time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> In my own life, I don't have that kind of time. Right, but, right, right. But yeah, but there are people who are looking at that and saying, okay, so instead of me writing you a check every month, I'm going to write this check and put it maybe in an interest bearing account or something like that to where it's liquid and in three years write you a check for you know or whatever it is whether it's but like you said years every every year every month for those three years this organization still has to survive right you know so then you're really not giving from a selfless place you're giving from a selfish place because if you were giving from a selfless place you would have given that money on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis so you can truly support the organization exactly madness <laughs> exactly believe it when i get them kind of conversations i kind of <laughs> give that slide i'm like i guess i gotta keep my yeah. customer service on but i'm giving you that internal side eye wow okay <laughs> Um, okay, so another thing that I'm, a lot of nonprofit leaders ask me about when they're going to do the ask, right? Because that's the big thing. If you don't ask, you don't get, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, sometimes we get pushback from potential donors because they're saying, well, if I don't give you more than $250, then it doesn't, like we talked about, it doesn't benefit me on my taxes. Mm -hmm. And so is that a true statement or is that falsity? It 
it is a true statement mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like I said, you know, with, with the itemized deductions, let me explain how that works and so people will understand, okay? So you have the standard deduction, which now has almost doubled for everybody. It's $12,000 for single people, $18,000 for head of household, $24,000 for married, file, and jointly. That's your standard deduction. So if your itemized deductions, when you go through and write off medical bills and all of that stuff within those limitations, if it doesn't exceed your standard deduction, then your standard deduction is what you get. Okay. So uh, unless your, um, your contributions are going to, you know, in, a, in the case of a married filing jointly couple, unless those um, itemized deductions exceed $24,000, you don't get any additional benefits. Okay. So again, it comes back down to why are you giving? Yeah. Are you giving for the deduction or are you giving because you truly want to give to the organization? Right. I really want to make this clear to people. So please stop harassing nonprofit leaders about, oh, well, I'm not going to get a deduction on that. You have to come from within yourself and determine why are you truly giving to this organization? Why are you giving to any organization, period? Right. Whether you're going to Goodwill or wherever, why are you giving? If it's just for the deduction, well, you might as well, like you said, go on eBay or Poshmark or wherever and just sell your item and be done with it. Right. Yeah. And, but donate the cash anyway. So. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the other question I get too is about business entities, like business okay. entities um, donating. So yes. um, when it comes down to sole proprietors, single member LLCs, partnerships, those donations, um, even though you may donate as a company, it still winds up on your personal taxes under the itemized deductions. You don't get a specific write-off in your um on your tax return for that corporations um have a charitable giving and i do believe as corporations do but um but still um even with the s corp it still winds up on your personal taxes so yeah so so people be like okay well i'm a sole you know single member llc and i donated 500 dollars from my company uh -huh. you know is that a write-off for my company and the answer is no Okay. It's a personal tax it's deduction. Still, it, yeah, it's still a personal tax deduction. Okay. So question. So like me, as a company, I decide that I want to buy a hundred school bags out of my company's funds mm -hmm. with supplies and everything. And I personally, I'm not going to donate it to an organization. Me as a person, I want to give it out to individuals in the community who I think, um, need to have these school bags can i then take that as a personal donation deduction on my taxes or no 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 okay. because it's it's an individual so if you decide i'm buying every kid in my neighborhood a new backpack <laughs> right all y'all larry curly mo sue jack john all y'all come over here get y'all a new backpack for the year mm -hmm. that is not a qualified organization Okay. All right. You you just because I get a lot of businesses asking me that question. You know, when they're trying to de decide whether they should do something on their own or they should partner with a nonprofit organization, 
and I've given them the answer that you gave me, but I said, since I have the expert here, yeah. let me make sure that I've been given the right answer. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like you need to go to the nonprofit organization yeah. or you need to become, you need to um, let the nonprofit organization um, sponsor your company for that giving period so that you can get the deduction. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so we, we get, um, we get a lot of issues with that because people think, okay, you know, oh, it's, it's charity. I should be able to write it off. Mm-hmm. And then I get people like, okay, like you hear that such and such $40 million this year, or that organization CEO made all this money. And so, you know, people are like, well, I'm not going to give to the organization. I'm just going to go give it to the people. Hey, that's great, but just understand when you go outside the organization, it is no longer tax deductible. Right. And and so, you know, and, and there are people out there who don't care if you right. and those are the people that should be giving. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I'm saying that. You should not care. Tax deduction should be a bonus. But if right. if you are looking for that tax deductible part, just understand that outside of an organization, you just know it's not tax deductible. There ain't no two ways about it. Okay. There's no, there's no looping or no swooping. Okay. <laughs> you guys heard it here. There is no looping or swooping. You cannot get around the IRS codes. You just have to stick within the limits. If you're not sure, reach out to a tax professional. Go to your CPA, but don't make costly mistakes. So don't go spending, say, $5,000 buying supplies for your community and giving it out because I've seen people do that. Mm-hmm. giving it out and they're, they're feeling good about themselves while they're giving it. But the ulterior motive was yes, to have that $5,000 written off on their taxes mm-hmm. at the end of the year. And I have seen big blowout arguments. Like when I'm sitting down getting ready to do my taxes and the person's there arguing with the CPA because they're like, what do you mean? I can't tax? <laughs> what and, do you and, mean? And it's very you know? No, you can't. And if yeah. you're going to demand this from me, I invite you to take your taxes elsewhere. And go somewhere else. But because there's not. always someone unscrupulous who is willing to bend and leave yeah. the tax code to favor you. But right is right and wrong is wrong. And right. we're not trying to go to jail. Like we started off yeah. saying, nobody's trying to go to jail here. I'm, I'm entirely too cute. <laughs> for that so that's what I that's why I'm like I'm just I'm just really too cute I am too for bars exactly no. exactly. but you know um but but you mentioned that there are a lot of unscrupulous people out there who will do things for a quick buck but I'm going to tell you that in the end it really isn't worth it you know you might get that extra benefit in the meantime but in the end, it's not worth it. You know, at the time of this recording, you know, you see Paul Manafort getting straight hemmed up in his case because guess what? His CPA is now up there telling the truth about everything that he did. Exactly. So exactly. the CPA he's got is going to serve some jail time. Mm-hmm. And so is Paulie Paul. Yeah. I will be very surprised if he don't go to jail at all. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so, you know, so, so the thing about it is, is that even though you might, it, and I, what, what I try to explain, if, if you have someone that's in your organization that gets ticked off and know that you've done something wrong, uh-huh. the IRS has what's called a whistleblower program. 
I want people to catch the program part. So there is a standardized way for you to go and report when somebody is doing something foul related to taxes in the organization. And oh, by the way, they get, I think it's 15 to 30% of whatever yeah. the IRS collects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can't remember the exact form right now, but there is a form that um, nonprofit um, volunteers or board members can fill out a whistleblower and that's part of their contract. Well, it should be, I don't know how many people are really giving their board members the whistleblower um, stipulations when wow. they sign up to become board members, but it should be a part of your board package because they need to know that if they see something shady going on in your organization, they can safely tell on you. Yeah. <laughs> and think about when you were in elementary school and you always had that tattle tailor. There's always one in your organization mm -hmm. and they're just waiting for the right time to blow the whistle on you, literally. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> and they will get a reward. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So they will get a reward. Yeah. So, you know, so I, um, so I really caution people and just, you know, in, in, in the, the management part, especially, you know, like, like I said, dealing with people's money, um, you know, to make sure to account for that properly, to make sure that you are donating for the right reasons. And however you do that, even if you do the lump sum payment thing for your taxes, you just need to know what your, um, what your limits are that 60% um, of your adjusted gross income. So, you know, you got to exceed the 60% of your adjusted gross income. And let me explain, let me let, explain quickly how that math works. Okay. So people really get this. Okay. So mm -hmm. let's just say that your, um, your adjusted, you know, your adjusted gross income is $80,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so 60% of that is $48,000. So let's say you donate $50,000, all right? You'll only get a deduction for $2,000 because it's got to exceed wow. that 60%. Okay. So like, I, I, so like I, you don't get the whole 50 grand. You get, <laughs> and that's what a lot of people think that they're going to get the entire $50,000. You know, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Mm -hmm. It's it, you can only donate up to that 48,000. That is your limit. Okay. So if, so if you go over that, let's say 50, then that 2000 gets carried forward to the next year. So okay. that's how that works. That's how that 60% limitation works. Okay. All so right. it went up 10% with um, tax reform. So I want to make sure I said that clearly. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Good. So you guys heard it. Like, you know, everything that she's dropping here is something you need to keep at the back of your mind, especially now it's August and a lot of nonprofit organizations are going to start running their end of year giving campaigns. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we all know, if you don't know guys, um, that during the fall season, people tend to have money falling out of their pockets. Usually it's for tax deductions. <laughs> yeah. Because it's coming to the end of the year and everybody's starting to pull all their paperwork together for, you know, taxes come January. So money starts falling out of their pockets and they're giving to multiple organizations. And, they're, you know, 
but just make sure that you are following you as a nonprofit organization, you're following the law and that you're making sure that you give them those receipts yes. so they don't have to ask for it. They have to turn those in when they're doing their taxes and you as the consumer, make sure that you are doing your due diligence and making sure that you, um, vet the organization. You talked about 30% organization and 50% organizations before. Do you want to, um, yeah. So, so what that means is that there's a limit of deductibility. Mm-hmm. So there are some organizations that are have a 30% um, maximum deductibility. And there are some organizations that have a 50% maximum deductibility. So if you give $100 to an organization, you may only be able to deduct $30 or you may only be able to deduct $50. So keep that in mind, y'all. Yeah. Keep that in mind. You need to ask these questions. Yeah, ask the questions. Ask the questions. And the (laughs) other thing on the consumer side, the other thing I want to say is this. Please stop giving your tax professionals these receipts and telling them to come up with something. That is not our job. No. You have to come (laughs) up with something. Because, see, if we come up with something, then we we become liable. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, no. Just... (laughs) No, you, you, as the person who donated those goods, you have to tell us the amount. Exactly. Thank you for saying, I think we hit on it earlier, but thank you for clarifying it again. So if you donate, say, to Goodwill, you can't tell them to, you can't, Goodwill should not be the one writing down what your items are valued at. That is your job. Do not allow the people at Goodwill to put a value on the items that you are bringing. And like Sandra said earlier as well, don't bring in your $300 coach purse that you had for 10 years and then put the value as $300 either because that doesn't work. You know, there is depreciation and you need to go either go online and find out how much your $300 coach purse is worth now or put a reasonable a reasonable price right. on it okay the value of a used item is not what you pay for it <laughs> yeah it's not and and for and for us as a tax professionals we don't come up with numbers either that, no. That, just, mm-hmm. you know, because that opens us up to liability so if you get audited then you're like okay well Lissandra put that number out of uh-uh no right. no <laughs> thank you <laughs> So let's kind of wrap up and hit back on some of the points that I really want people to understand about volunteering, Mm -hmm. especially what they can and cannot do when it comes to volunteering, what they should look for as it goes forward with their taxes. Um, One of the things I want to say about volunteering, you should never volunteer with an organization that does not have an account with the Department of Labor. So they're not, if they're not paying um, workman's comp, for volunteers, you should not volunteer with that organization. Mm. That's just my little PSA to you. Any any organization that I work with as a a consultant, that is one of the first things I tell them they need to do. They need to have insurance for their volunteers. But that's why I always say volunteer is not free. It is not free Mm. to the organization. It is a help to the organization, but to the organization, it isn't free. And I want people to stop thinking that volunteerism is free. Because if the organization is going to run an effective volunteer program, 
excuse me, they need to have a volunteer manager. Maybe they're a small and nonprofit organization. So the ED is doing that. That's time, money, resources. I'm all about time, money, and resources, guys. So that's time, money, and resources. The organization needs to have insurance because if you slip and fall, <laughs> you, you know, okay. hey, we live in a litigious society. Let's yeah. be really clear about that. Let's be honest. Yeah. We live in a very litigious society. So you're coming there, oh, I want to help the world. You slip and fall. You're like, mm-hmm. You got to pay my bills. I'm on all this organization. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's, that's just, true. unfortunately, that's the society we live in. So you need to make sure that the organization has workmen's comp, that they're paying workmen's comp for their volunteers. So if anything should happen to you, on the premises, you are covered, that you can recover some of your, you know, income. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And um, so the things that, um, that you can deduct, you can deduct your round trip miles. So if you volunteer with an organization, you know, we're talking about the holidays. The first thing that comes to my mind is like the Salvation Army. They have bell ringers. So if you go to different malls or wherever, your mileage from your home to that location and back home are tax deductible. Okay. Um, any, your time is not what you would charge you do what's in your profession. So let's say with me being a tax professional, if I do taxes for a nonprofit organization, my time is not tax deductible. The only thing that would be tax deductible is the paper that I printed tax return on. That's it. Okay. So any items that you donate to the organization. So if you buy you know, a lot of plants, okay? If you only use three of those plants for that organization, then you can only de deduct the amount for those three plants because you kept two, okay? So whatever you give completely to that organization, you can't say, well, I bought this computer to put here to do work here and then take the computer back. No. That's a great point because I've seen people do that. They bought a computer for a lot of times it's the founders. Mm -hmm. So they get disgruntled when they're terminated by the board, <laughs> you know, so they brought in office furniture, they brought in computers, whatever, and they've been writing it off on their, they, or they wrote it off on their taxes as a donation to the organization. And because they're disgruntled when they're leaving, they're like, well, I'm taking my stuff. Well, then you need that. to amend your taxes <laughs> to um, take that donated amount off. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it has to stay with the organization, okay, if you're going to deduct that. Um, and yeah, and so if you have, not if, if you have an employee that goes to, the, if you send them to work there, because you're going to have to pay that employee anyway, mm -hmm. and you can write that off. But if you don't pay that employee, you can't write off their time. Okay. Okay. So if I, as a business entity, send an employee to work at the organization during regular work hours, right? Not as a volunteer, but as a, as a staff, I'm donating my employee to that organization for X amount of hours and I'm paying the employee. I can write that off. Right. Because, because you're, you're writing off salaries as a deduction. Anyway, it's not a bonus. It's not right. a two for <laughs> Like okay. I deducted here on my payroll and I'm deducting it as, you know, you know, as a, as volunteer, volunteering or charitable um, deduction. No, it's not a twofer. 
you're going to be paying them anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. So during work hours, absolutely. They're just working there. It is what it is. Um, oh, and talking about that, there's one other thing. I'm, I can't believe I'm forgetting that. 10, um, 1099 employees or 1099. Is it 1099? Uh -huh. Am I saying right? The miscellaneous. Yeah. 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 So that, please um, touch on that when it comes to nonprofit organizations, because I've been in some back and forth telling them, no, you can't do that. If they're coming in and they're working regular hours from eight to five, Monday through Friday, they're not 1099 employees. They okay. Have set hours. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> what had happened was, um, all right, so so this is the difference between an employee and a 1099 contractor. What you cannot do as an employer is decide, okay, well, I don't want to withhold taxes, so I'm going to pay you as a 1099 and let you do your own thing. Mm -hmm. That is not it. Um, the IRS has tests for that, and they're basically control tests. Do I control what hours you work? Do I control how much you get paid? Do I control the training? Do I control the tools? An independent contractor, the only thing that we do is direct the result, right? So if I hire a contractor to do graphics for me, I'm directing the result. I have an idea of what I want, but I'm not telling them how to do their job. I'm not telling them when to do their job. I'm not telling them what training they need to do. I'm not providing the training for them, any of that. Okay, so they and and they I'm not telling them how much I'm going to pay you. You decide. As you know, I'm coming to you for graphics. Okay, it's going to be 50 bucks for this graphic. I got a choice to pay it or not. Right. They set their own wages. So as an employee, you if you have that kind of control, that is an employee. You need to file employ and withhold and submit. Mm -hmm. The employment taxes, the people get the withholding part right, but they don't get the submitting part right to the government. Okay, <laughs> that's the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to pay them on a W-2. It, it's not it's not optional. Okay. And you, you hear can, that, guys. It's not optional. Yeah, you can get in trouble small, for that. Right. Small and nonprofits don't want to go through the you know, red tape of paying employment taxes and all of that stuff. So they're hiring people as 1099 employees, but that person has to, and I know I'm, I'm saying employees because yes, yeah, that's, that's what they that's really, really are. are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're working from eight to five, like I said, Monday through Friday, and they're giving them a 1099. And a lot of people too don't realize that they're even, I don't know why, because I've seen it happen, but I don't understand the logic behind it. They didn't realize that they were a contractor and not an employee. So right. when the nonprofit organization tells them, oh, well, you know, we're going to have to lay you off, they then go to the Department of Labor to file for unemployment, and then they're getting a shock, like, nobody paid unemployment for you. And that's when they're realizing that, wait a minute, I never had tax deductions, I never had, you know, whatever taken out so and, and at tax time as well when the yes. 99s get issued and you've been paid you know twenty five thousand dollars for the uh -huh. year and twenty five thousand dollars isn't a lot of money but when uh -huh. you gotta pay taxes on say twenty five thousand dollars then that becomes a lot of money yes yes 
yeah. because most people don't have that money saved up. They're living from paycheck to paycheck right. and that whole amount that they're getting paid on a biweekly basis is going into paying bills. They're not thinking about taking out 30% or 28% to hold over for paying their taxes. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so yes. And, and the, the thing that's on the IRS streets now is that the IRS is ramping up their um, what's called trust fund recovery. They're going for people, and it's generally small businesses that mm -hmm. are the biggest offenders of this. They're going for people who are, are collecting, um, they're withholding those employment taxes, but not submitting those employment taxes, but they're also going after people who should be paying um, people as employees, but they are paying them as independent contractors. It's against the law. Got you. Yeah, so and that's why I said it's not optional. Okay, so I, as a business, and I think I heard you say this in one of your lives. I can't remember exactly what you said, but I was listening. I was listening. Yeah. Um, you were talking about 1099s, and you were saying that the person who hires a 109, a contractor, also has some type of form that they need to turn into the IRS too? Well, they need to collect a W-9. A W-9. There you go. Right. That was what it was. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, they need to collect the W-9 and not the So w if I hire you as a contractor for my company, so mm -hmm. you're going to be my um, my CPA, my, my bookkeeper, whatever mm -hmm. it is, um, I need to collect a W-9 from you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. You can't, um, you know, like, and people get wrapped up in this, well, if you're paying me by a credit card, then you don't have to do this. If you're paying mm -hmm. me by PayPal, listen, you can't overcollect W-9s. You, <laughs> you won't get in trouble for issuing a 1099 for some, to someone that you really weren't supposed to. The okay. IRS is like, okay, whatever, this is just extra paper. However, mm -hmm. the flip side is, is if you don't. Okay. Yeah. The don't part, that is steep right? So depending on um, how many 1099s you didn't issue and all of that, mm -hmm. that you were supposed to, because we do have that. We do have that where people are, you know, and, and this is across the board. It's not, not just nonprofits, but it's, you know, all different types of small businesses that are paying people what's called under the table. Okay. Yes. So when you get caught, I mean, if it's a blatant disregard, that, that is, that fine is in the millions. Okay. It can, yeah, it can be up <laughs> into the millions. It just depends on how much money you're making. Right. So yeah, you know, you can't you can't over follow the law. Okay. All right, great. This yeah. was great information. Like I know some people are sit, gonna be sitting there going, "Oh my God, did she really say that?" Like, yeah, I thought I could do this. Nah, she's got to be lying. No, it can't be that way. But yes, guys, it is that way. She is a tax expert and she's telling you from years of experience and taking all those hard tests because i know those tests are not easy mm -hmm. um, to become an ea they're and not ray, ray is not smarter than all yeah <laughs> <laughs> ray, ray and the street committee are not smarter than me like i have the sharpest knife in the drawer but i know who the dull ones are and they're the right <laughs> so take I mean, I would employ anyone listening to this to go back and listen to it a second time and take notes. Take notes and make sure that you are following the law to the letter so that we don't have to come visit you in jail. And I don't come to jail to visit anybody anyway, so. And I ain't putting no money on nobody's book. <laughs>
You're going to be all the way on your own, okay? I'm not coming to visit you. So, Lissandra, tell the um, audience about any programs and services that you have and where they can find you so that they can start using your services. So you can find me, um, Home Biz Tax Lady. I'm on Facebook and YouTube. Those are my usual hangout spots, but I'm also on Instagram and all of that, Twitter, whatever. Um, but, you know, I, my email address is homebiztaxlady at gmail.com. Find the Home Biz Tax Lady. You will find me. Um, I will have, I'll be starting a webinar starting in the fall. I'll be holding webinars monthly and just covering different topics and especially leading up to um, uh, leading up to tax season, helping people get prepared. And so, yeah, re just reach out to me on one of those arenas. Get your questions answered, you guys, because it's that one question that you don't ask that's going to land you in hot water. So, yeah, you can uh, definitely book a, um, I have a, I offer a 15-minute complimentary consult. If it's going to take longer than that, I'm honest with you and I'm going to tell you and you can take what you heard here. If you have a tax professional or a CPA, great. Take what you learned here. Go ask them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ask them about, you know, if this is a concern for you. So definitely invest the money to talk to them because what you invest now is going to save you, save you later. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Lissandra, for being my guest today. And we greatly appreciate all the nuggets that you dropped. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. <laughs> Has fundraising become the F-bomb in your meetings? Does your team run for the hills at the mere mention of the word? Well, don't worry. I've got you covered with the year-end Fundraising Superheroes Bootcamp. If you want to take your board members, staff, and volunteers from running scared to the superheroes of revenue generation for the year-end and Giving Tuesday campaigns and beyond, then you need to click the link below and sign up for this program. Superheroes training starts August 1st. See you there. Okay, nonprofiteers, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. And remember that there's someone in your community counting on the services that your nonprofit organization offers, and it is your job to make sure that you get it right. Until next time. I'm Tracy V. Allen.